Hello everyone, this is Rick Mercer and we are here with another episode of our podcast called Garner Station. And um, we're excited today to have uh, with us Tammy Bruner, Register of Deeds with Wake County, and Roxanne Bazilli, Project Manager, also uh, Project Administrator, also with the Register of Deeds Department with Wake County. And we're here to talk about a very special project um, that was launched a while back, and we're going to uh, dig into it. It is the Enslaved Persons Project that the Register of Deeds Department, um, I think, has been working on for a while now. So um, maybe, uh, you know, Tammy, Roxanne, just describe, first of all, tell folks maybe who don't know, what, what, is, the, what is the Deeds Department? What do y'all do normally? Um, this was something that I had to do when I was running for this office. This is an elected position. Oh, it is. It is. Um, and it, I spent half the time telling people what the Register of Deeds office does. So the spiel always was, it's the most important office that you've never heard of. <laughs> Everything important to you runs through the Register of Deeds office. Your birth, your death, your marriages, all of your property. So it is a, it's located in the Justice Center in downtown Raleigh. Mm -hmm. Um, so anytime you need that birth certificate or file your, when you buy a piece of property, it is filed with our office. Um, and so Roxanne, as a project administrator, what do, what do you do in the department usually? Kind of what's that? I've done various things. Um, the Enslaved Persons Project is the best and the longest one, I believe. Um, I've also helped uh, facilitate a move and... Roxanne has been with the Register of Deeds office for how long? 23 years. 23 years. Oh, wow. So she has held multiple so, positions in the office. Yes. But this one, this one, I like project administrator because I get to move around and do different things. But uh, Tammy thinks of stuff that needs to be done, and I do it. And Roxanne does them. <laughs> I mean, can't get better than that. <laughs> so what is the Enslaved Persons Project? How did the, and you know, how did the Deeds Office become involved in it? Um, and specifically the Wake County, you know, how did you decide this is a project to take on? It is literally the reason that made me decide to run for this office. Um, I met with a few Register of Deeds Office, op, Registers of Deeds when I was doing my due diligence about running for this office. And I heard about this project. I'd love to say this was my idea and I came up with this whole thing. Not at all. There's a parent um, project called um, People Not Property out of UNCG. And then there are multiple registers throughout the state of North Carolina. I think there's like 25 that have already done this. All of these records are in our books just sitting there. But no one has taken the time to go through and pull out these slave deeds. So, so these are these. This is documentation of people who were uh, right. bought and sold as, of course, property. Right. So, I mean, if you think about it, we, you, and I can research our family history pretty easily, um, but many Black and African Americans cannot do that, right? Because it stops at a certain time. It stops. Um, they can go back as far as probably colonial times because they were sold as property, bought, sold as property. So none of their birth records were indexed or none of their birth records were even made. Birth, death, marriages, none of that happened. We can trace our parents and then their parents through different things like that, birth, death, and marriage. Blacks and African-Americans cannot do that. So these, all of these have been in our books, just like the document that states your house 
just like that is on file with our office. All of these files have just been sitting in our office. So they're like wills, they're bills of sale, they're transfers, where they list out people that they actually bought and sold. And there's not a lot of information in all of them. I really want Roxanne to talk a little bit about it because she's looked at every single one of them. But it is names and ages and prices of these people. So when the documents are indexed, it is the name of the buyer and the name of the seller. So all of the enslaved person's names have been long forgotten. So what we're doing is going through page by page to find every document that lists an enslaved person. We'll signify that with a number, and then we will go through, index the owner and the buyer, buyer and seller, and each enslaved person. Like Tammy was saying, sometimes it'll tell their age. Sometimes it will tell their family groupings, like a mother and children will be sold. Every little bit of information that we can drag out of these documents, there are amazing genealogists out there that can take that little bit of information and trace it. So it, it's, it's very important. It's, it's going to be a very valuable tool. Um, so that little bit of information is going to be very helpful. Right. And you said there are already about 25 counties that have done this in North Carolina? That have done this. So when I, um, when I started doing this, I looked like Buncombe County, um, Greensboro, Guilford County have already done it. Orange County has already done it. They're just the ones off the top of my head. Um, but when the People Not Property Project came about, they reached out to one, all 100 registers. And there are multiple reasons why the register didn't agree to do it. Some are because there's one register and one staff person, and they just don't have the ability. Some just may have thought that it wasn't an important thing to do. Um, so I always say this, local elections are important. This is the kind of thing that, depending on who sits in this seat, decides whether something like this is done. Um, and this is just plain history. It's nothing... It's nothing um, remarkable that we're doing, this should have been done a long time ago. It, it seems so uh, overwhelming maybe to, to dig into the records and then to try to make the connections of, of, you know, who these people were and what, you know, if they were sold, like where, you know, where they went and what other, um, you know, family members they might be connected to. Like, I, it seems so overwhelming. Like, how do you approach it? I know that's a big question, but, um, and you must have learned from the other counties who had already done it. So the goal of this is all 100 counties in North Carolina and then everywhere across the country. So then you really can track where slaves went once they were sold and maybe put together a family. Because if you, because at some point there was a black census and so you can start to find the name in our deeds and then find more information in the black census. And then lots of uh, enslaved people took on the owner's name. So lots of times you can track it that way. Like if uh, she can tell you a story about one specific person that we found, Isaac Hunter, and we believe he took the name of his of the plantation owner. But so this is all gonna feed into a, a nationwide um, 
project called the Digital Library on American Slavery, so that all of this will be in there. And when we uh, decided to do this, we thought we were like, and again, it's, it's amazing information and something that needs to be done, but this is just the bottom floor of what this will actually really be able to do. We're just gonna give out a list of names and ages and places, and genealogists and everybody else is gonna build on it from there. We found one, one volunteer uh, emailed Roxanne one day, and I won't tell the story, Roxanne will. You wanna tell that story about the volunteer? Because I know you volunteer. Okay, it makes me choke up, but, and I take her email with me everywhere. So, you know, it, the trauma from delving into these records day after day. Um, and we thank our volunteers all the time, but here the volunteers are thanking us. It says, thank you so much for allowing me to participate in this project. As you know, each line is the story of a life, and there is sorrow, anger, and heartbreak at every turn. But this time, this time, she references a deed where Isaac Hunter, a free man of color, was freeing his wife and children from slavery through a deed. And just the fact that that made her day, and made our day too, that there's you know, a bright spot that we can grasp. And so we started doing research on Mr. Hunter and we are really hoping to have a, a, a nice history to tell. Um, the minute you tell another person about it and they start digging into it. So we have many other people digging into Mr. Hunter um, and, and we're hoping it's gonna be a very wonderful. And I was gonna ask about that, like how, how did, you and the volunteers, everyone involved in it, like how did sort of how did you deal with the emotional impact of looking at these records every day and, and seeing that like these are human beings who are, you know, just being treated as property and you gotta sift through these records day in, day out? Um, so some of the volunteers have actually had to step away and uh some of them haven't come back yet. Um for me you know, you go through the stages of anger and humility and just, but you know that the end is going to be worth the pain that you're dealing with right now. You know that people are going to be able to find their stories. So it makes it all worth it. And I believe even the volunteers believe that also. Yeah. Yeah, it's called historic trauma. It's real, yeah. right? Like it's... Um, and when we met with People Not Property Project, they talked to us very, uh, they talked to us a lot about that to prepare us for what was happening and to make sure that we prepared our volunteers what's happening. So we've gone in and we have now indexed all of the records and what Roxanne and I are doing right now is going in and capturing the image so that you can actually go to and see a clearer image than the ones that we have. Um, and just doing that, because you have to go through what the volunteers found, and we have to find who bought, who sold, what was the name of the enslaved person. And so Roxanne is reading all these for the second time. Um, and Friday, Friday afternoon I was working on it, and I had to take a break too, because it's just, um, it's mind-boggling, really, at this time, uh, that this was just something that happened every day as if nothing. And the names of the people in Raleigh that we all know, 
that are passed back and forth in these documents, there are three that just come up every every turn. Do you want to name names? Um, I think I can. I mean, it's history, right? Yes. So there's Theodophilus Hunter, mm-hmm. Joel Lane, and William Boyland. They're the ones uh-huh. that, the, the books that I have been in, and I've only done two books, um, they're the ones that just constantly... And today we were trying to, what were we looking up? We were looking up, we're, we're always trying to make sure that we are doing every single book, that we have every book, that we've gone through every book. And so I'd heard this story from a professor at Central at one point, that the first five books of deeds in Wake County were missing. And his story, and they are, we cannot find them. Um, his story is that the register at that time took them during the Civil War to keep them safe, and then they were lost in a fire. Uh But so we wanted to verify that story, so we went down this little rabbit hole before we told you that. We wanted some sort of facts behind it. And in the facts that we, the first register was Theodophilus Hunter's son? Son Son-in-law? Yeah, like, I mean, it was just all so, it's all the same people. Yeah. It's all the same people. Yeah. And Wake County was established, was incorporated in 1771, but our first book doesn't start until 1785, so there's a gap there. Huh. And Theodophilus Hunter is connected to Isaac Hunter as well, so it just... I was going to ask, but... Yes, and it just keeps going. We have this... um, So the City of Raleigh Museum is run by Ernest Dollar. He... You should have him on this program. Um, he did an entire, um, like, just delved down deep into the Hunter family and ended up finding, like, 45 descendants of the Hunter family. So we immediately went to him when we found this about Isaac Hunter. He then gave it to somebody that he works with that has almost built out the entire story of Isaac Hunter. It's just amazing how these dots can be connected. Yeah. With a little bit of that's what's so great about it. How many volunteers have you had helping, and, and how do you um, train train them? Because I know, like, for one thing, just just reading some of these original, original documents, the, the script, you know, it can be difficult to so decipher. So we have over 350 people volunteer. Wow. Um, of that 350, about 60 continued with the oh, project. Mm-hmm. The training actually came from UNC Greensboro People Not Property. We... We took their training materials and we disseminated it to our volunteers. They did have some test documents to do, and we lost a lot of volunteers that way because the writing, the handwriting is horrible. Some cursive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the the English legal jargon was hard to follow. Um, so the training is just a matter of. I think by the end of the project, all of the volunteers that stuck with us are pretty much experts now because they have been through some documents. Um, Right now, I just found some books that need to be done, and I have about 10 volunteers continuing on the project. And a lot of our volunteers also have gone through to contact People Not Property to continue volunteering for other counties. Are you aware of other counties that are interested in doing this? 
There are. We have spoken with the uh, register from Davidson County has come here to talk to us about it. Um, so it'll be a brand new thing for her. But we're, there's still, like, if you were going to talk to, if you were going to learn how to do this, we really aren't the ones to, mm-hmm. I mean, we can tell you, yeah. but there are people that have done it, completed it, have displays of it that we would send them to Guilford County to talk to their person. Do you want to talk about some of your partners in this project? Because I know you had, you talked about UNCG, but yeah. you've had some other partners. Is that correct? We have. So UNCG is the parent of this, um, and they made everything easy. They just said, everything that we have, you can have. So we didn't have to recreate the wheel. They gave us everything. And it was really important to us that we partner with an HBCU here in Wake County um, because we didn't understand that 350 people were going to sign up. We never comprehended that. So we thought it would be great to uh, partner with Shaw University and have students help with this. Um, so I reached out to one of their deans and they were in like immediately. And having Shaw University agree to partner with us validated us from the word jump. And we had a kickoff event where we were able to say we are partnering with Shaw University. And then the city of Raleigh partnered with us as well with their park system because the park that I can't ever remember, Oakview, um, is a former plantation. And we, we found them only because they were posting on Twitter about their enslaved persons project. Didn't understand what that was and how they were doing this. So we reached out to them and what they were doing. So they knew the plantation owner's names so they would go into our books and look up his name and then they could find people that had been enslaved on that property and they would work to build a story so they partnered with us that's where the kickoff event was um so they're our biggest those are our biggest partners then once we had the kickoff event before we even kicked it off officially we had about 100 volunteers and then after that kickoff event at oakview Uh, they just kept coming like I've done a lot of things where I needed volunteers and I've never ever (laughs) had that many people want to participate in something that's amazing Um, so how far along are you and when when can the public start seeing some of the the results of all your work the indexing portion is almost done Um, the imaging Mm -hmm. we're halfway through yeah um we have a vendor that is going to make it searchable on our website. And as soon as we're done with the imaging, we give it to them. And I don't know how long it will take them. So we are shooting for the end of May. Oh. Which is, um, I mean, there, you have found about 1,800 documents. Is, are we still about that number? We're over 2,000. Over 2,000 now. Um, and, you know, she found another book this morning. So there will be even more in there. But uh, the software company that we already use to do our property records is taking this on. And it will be on our website just like when you search for people's property. There'll be another tab that says enslaved persons. And you can go in there and see, see everything. So the original picture that was taken from our books. And then about 10 years ago, a website came in, Family Search, and re-digitized all of those books that are much clearer and easy to read, those are the documents that will be attached to the index. 
So hopefully the end of May. So folks will be able to go to you know, Wakegov, like, Register of Deeds, and then that will be one of the tabs will be for the Enslaved Persons Project. Yes. I guess you already have a tab there, right? It says search real property records. Uh -huh. So I'm glad you really asked that question because real property records isn't really going to send you to enslaved people okay. aren't going to understand that. Right. Um, so there will be a tab that says enslaved persons like there is right now. Right now there's a tab that tells you about it and you can sign up. That will have their records with, within that tab after May. So what's been the most... Um... You know, over the course of this, what's been the most surprising thing to you? The support, mm -hmm. the volunteers, hands down, the commitment of these volunteers. I know you have a few that seem to do this as their full-time job. They, the drive and dedication of the volunteers has just been amazing, and several of them are going to share it with their children, so they're building... Mm -hmm. Yeah. The more I realize how this is just the floor of what really can be brought out of these records is another thing that amazes me and what people can come in and build off of this. And our also hope is to have like a field trip destination at the Register of Deeds office where you can bring the elementary school kids and they can touch these actual records and see uh, real history instead of these things being hidden in these books for all these years. Yeah. That's down the road. Baby steps. Yep. yep. Um, but that's our end goal. And um, like what, again, coming back to some of the volunteers, it's been amazing, the outpouring of support. For, um, what, like what are some of the things, some of the feedback you get about, you know, what they feel has been the most meaningful, gratifying things to them? Uh, I think just to participate in something that's so long overdue, and um, it's going to have some historical meaning to it. I've had more volunteers thank me, and we're the ones that should be thanking them. Um, they've just been very honored and humbled to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the uh, important part to understand. Volunteers have done this. Our staff has not done this. Roxanne and the volunteers. Um, which I don't think we really envisioned. We tried to figure out a way for our staff to be able to have time, uh, but it wasn't a need because so many folks wanted to participate. So what else do you, uh, you know, can you share or do you want to share with, with our audience um, about you know, what, what to expect or what, how they, you know, any more tips on how they might be able to use it as just kind of your average person who maybe wants to do a little bit of genealogy? Uh, the average person that wants to do the genealogy, folks that are going to try to trace it back to an enslaved person have already built a pretty big tree and have, um, have an un somewhat understanding of where their people were. This will help them find where in Wake County they actually were and if they were sold out of Wake County to somewhere else so it will just help expand their family tree um, but the other part of this is fixing a right I mean a wrong that hasn't been taken care of all these years but also just having the documents in their own little section so you don't have to go through 28 books 
to find an enslaved person's deed, they're all going to be right there for you. I think it's also important that um, we say enslaved persons. I think that's extremely important to make the difference between slave deeds and enslaved persons um, because they were enslaved right. instead of naming it slaves. And we struggled with that at the beginning, trying to figure out how to um, use the correct words for this. Yeah. And that's how we came upon enslaved persons instead of slave deeds. And I would just like to say if anybody hearing this is inspired by this project, just because we're wrapping ours up does not mean there's not need for help. If um, You can visit our website and get People Not Properties information, and they'd be happy to direct them to a project they can participate. That's really good to know. Um, well, that's great. I'm glad you all could join us, and this is such a meaningful project. And I know so many families are going to get so much out of it. Scholars, I expect, will get a lot out of it. Um, and like you say, it is long overdue. So thank you for your work. Thank you for the vision to, to, to bring this to Wake County. And um, we'll look forward to about the end of May when um, some of these records or all these records can be accessible to the public. Yeah, so. absolutely. So go visit it. It's important. Tell all your friends. <laughs> So all the registers can do this in their offices. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. And um, I guess we'll wrap this up, this episode of Garner Station. You can, uh, of course, listen to this and the other back episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And um, the video of this and other episodes uh, is on our YouTube channel. Uh, search Town of Garner on YouTube and find our, uh, our channel. So I want to thank you, Tammy and uh, Roxanne, for being with us. And... Um, We'll see y'all next time, uh, talk to y'all next time uh, on Garner Station. Take care. Bye.